0: Driving here this morning, I noticed people going about life just like it was another day. Some of them doing so frantically, others doing so under stress and all kinds of circumstances. All the while we are here and thousands and millions throughout our nation and the world who are gathering in joy and in celebration because he is risen, risen, risen. but we also must deal with the reality. The reality that at times, things in life are just not what we expect. And that's how it was for Mary Magdalene on that very first Easter morning. She got up and she went there early and she found things were not as she expected. The stone had been rolled away. And not only that, but when she looked into the tomb, it was empty. So what would you do if you had been Mary Magdalene and showed up that morning and found things in a very different way, nothing like what you were expecting what would you have done? Well, you probably would have done what Mary did. You would run and you would find someone else to tell. See, Mary's mission of coming that morning and tending to, in a sense, the last rites of preparing Jesus' body in love, they were derailed by an empty tomb that things were not as they were expected. I know that in my life, when I experience unexpected circumstances, some change in plans, some unexpected loss, some new experience, my anxiety level seemingly goes up. And often what I do is I look for someone to tell. It may be my wife Martha. It may be someone else that I know I can trust and I can go to. For Mary, she concluded that someone took Jesus' body and she ran off to tell the other. So it says in our text that Peter and the disciple whom Jesus loved, and most of the biblical scholars would say that this is the Apostle John, they got up and they basically had a foot race to get to the tomb to see for themselves. John got there first, but he hesitated. And you know how that is, because sometimes when you're running into these circumstances, you're you're not sure what it's really going to look like. I mean, even at that point, is he wondering, you know, is it going to smell? I just don't know if I want to go in. And then Peter, he gets there second, but Peter, he goes right in. And then John, the other disciple who reached the tomb first, went in, and our text says, he saw and he believed. Now notice what it doesn't say. That they wondered who stole the body or who moved him. No, by this recorded response, we're beginning to get clues that something other than Jesus' body stolen has occurred. The disciples then returned to where they were staying, and as they did, it seems it says that they did not understand the scriptures that Jesus must rise from the dead. And you know what that's like, right? Someone kind of tells you what's going to happen, but you've not experienced it before, and so even though you've been told, you just don't know what really you're going to experience. They leave. But Mary stayed behind. Faithful Mary, she stays behind, but she does so weeping outside of this tomb. The one who had cast demons out of her, the one who had given her a new life, the one who had given her community and a sense of purpose and value was now dead. And not only that, but he was missing. And then she saw two angels And they said to her, Mary, woman, why are you weeping? I find it interesting, if not insightful, that her response was not one of fear, was not even of surprise, but they have taken away my Lord and I do not know where they laid him. My sense is that The resurrection was nowhere really on Mary's radar. She just wants to do her faithful work of loving and caring for the body of her Lord. But she can't. Because things aren't as she expected. And that's when Jesus shows up, but Mary doesn't recognize him. It says that she assumes he's the gardener. Now, I wonder what led her to believe that. Did he have uh, dirt under his fingernails like me yesterday weeding the garden? You know, did he maybe wear some kind of attire that somehow made it look like he was a gardener? By the way, the Gospel of John is the only one that records that this tomb that Jesus was laid in was in a garden. It seems to make sense that Mary would then think he was a gardener because of the place and the area. Jesus shows up. But I got to tell you, talking about this garden, thinking of gardens, it makes me think of new life. How appropriate that the body of Jesus was buried in a garden. When I think of gardens, I think of bountiful fruit, I think of vegetables, I think of magnificent flowers, I think of absolute incredible beauty. And then my mind, as I read this text, and did so again yesterday, as I read it, it takes me back to the book of Genesis, to the Garden of Eden, where our God created everything good where there was that tree of life, and yet because of sin, we were barred from that tree of life. But in the resurrection of Jesus, we have a new creation story. God is doing a new thing in the resurrection that will restore people's hope and bring joy to all. On the tree of the cross, God conquered death, once for all, for you, for me. On the tree of the cross, a new tree of life is given. Jesus burst out of the ground like a seed that has sprouted. He bursts like wheat that has died, but comes to life again and multiplies. Well, Jesus then asked Mary two questions. Woman, why are you weeping? Who is it that you are looking for Mary responds still with death and loss in her mind she came expecting to find a body but instead she finds what she thinks is a dead end and then Jesus calls her by name he calls her by name Mary It is with that that she recognizes her Lord and says, Teacher, Rabbani. Can you imagine what Mary would have done? I can. It's like seeing a long-lost family member you haven't seen in a while, someone you love, someone maybe you thought somehow you had lost and never see again, and she wanted to hold on to him. She wanted to cling to him. But he tells her, no, not yet. He says, go and tell the brothers about his coming. And her message to the disciples is this, I have seen the Lord. For Mary, in encountering Jesus in the garden, she moves from grief to hope. She moves from a sense of loss to belonging and purpose. Now my question for you. Why are you here? What have you come this morning expecting? What are you expecting as you peer into, again, the empty tomb? What are you looking for? Have you come expecting something? Maybe that question is, what are you weeping about today? What are you wrestling with in your life? What plans have gone wrong? What are you looking for? Dear friends, if you are looking for hope, good news, and a new beginning, you have come to the right place. Because the resurrection of Jesus, it changed everything. Everything. All of a sudden, the cross that looks way too much like the world that we live in, filled with pain and hate and death and terror, Takes all of that and it changes it. It gives the cross new meaning. And we have the assurance that God transcends our Good Friday world and makes it new. Our lives often aren't what we expect. And many times we all see, all we see is loss. But God's overwhelming love for us in Jesus has prevailed in the resurrection. Like Mary, Jesus calls us by name in our baptism. Where we were marked with the cross of Jesus Christ. Where we were christened, named after him. And we become his very children. Know this. He knows you and calls you by name. We, my friends, have become the disciple whom Jesus loves, and we believe the testimony of Mary, that she has seen the Lord and that he is risen. Jesus changed her life again that day, and Jesus also changes ours again today as we believe. And Jesus says, if we believe in him, we will have life also. John 17 reads, now this is eternal life, that you know the only true God and Jesus Christ whom you have sent. That is eternal life. To know him and to believe in him as our Lord and Savior. So no matter what gets you down or what robs you of your joy, remember what happened in the garden on that first day of the week and remember, he did it for you and for me. What did he do? God's word through Paul in our reading today says, he defeated Satan and his plan. It says he did it for you. It says that death has been swallowed up in victory, and he did that for you. And the sting of sin has been destroyed forever, and he did that for you. All three, sin, death, and Satan, have been destroyed, and he did it for you. Yes, my friends, he did it for you. Many of you have been journeying with us over the past uh, six weeks as we were doing a sermon series on the case for Christ, based upon the true life story and the book, along with the movie based on the book of Lee Strobel's life. Lee Strobel was an investigative reporter for the Chicago Tribune. He was an atheist, and in the early 1980s, his wife, also an atheist, came to faith in Jesus. Lee set out to do what he did professionally. He set out to do an investigation, but to disprove the teachings of the Christian faith, to disprove the resurrection, and in his mind to rescue his wife from that which had gotten hold of her. He researched, he met with experts around the world, he read the Bible probably better than many of us sitting here today. And ultimately, he said this, the evidence is overwhelming. It's harder to not believe than to believe. One day, he met with a renowned archaeologist who had then become a priest And this man blew his mind with facts such as there are more than 5,300 Greek ancient texts of the New Testament, more than four times more the nearest ancient book, which is the Iliad, more than 5,300 copies. And he spoke not only of the biblical writers and those who were writing from a Judeo-Christian view of what they saw, what they believed, but also of secular writers and others who also helped to approve or support the evidence of what we believe. As he was leaving from that interview that day, he said he noticed a beautiful replica of the Shroud of Turin, which is the supposed cloth that was wrapped around the head of Jesus in his burial. And when he made note of it, he said, but why? Why did he do it? My friends, the answer is simple, and the answer is profound. Love. Love. He did it because he loves you and me and all people so my dear friends in christ yes let us celebrate for he did it for you and for me he is risen let us now stand and join together in professing our faith in our resurrected lord uh using uh